everyone. So we're back again. Uh, my name is Dr. Beth Trammell, and I am really excited about today because I know that I, I am going to learn something today. I just know that. So I am here I today <laughs> with my uh, great friend and colleague, Johanna Voss. I'm so happy you're here. Thanks for being here. Thanks. My pleasure. Yep. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, it's exciting. So uh, why don't you just fill us in a little bit about who you are and I've been doing this. Just tell us one thing that's fun about you. So go ahead, take it away. Hmm. Well, I am um, really happy to be talking with you this morning. We have four children, ages almost 18 to 12. And something that they know about me that I is probably disturbing, but maybe fun is I would eat cheesecake at every meal if I had the opportunity. Oh my gosh. That's so fun. I love that. I love that. Tell us a little bit. You've got like a, you've got a lot of experience. So tell us about your, your background um, in terms of being a therapist. Okay. I came into it somewhat later along in my vocational career, but since I graduated, I went back to school, um, to graduate school to get my master's um, after all of our children were born. And I had been working in another somewhat similar uh, related field, but also different field for all the time prior and um, went back to graduate school and then started working as a marriage and family therapist, also doing work in addiction in a skid row and East LA. We're from California. We've been living in California until 2017 and we moved here. And then since moving here, I um, have continued to work a lot with children, but then got a license in Indiana as a mental health counselor. And so really enjoy the diversity, the um, broad range of clients that I work with, anyone from little bitty 82-year-olds to like 82-year-olds. And also in addictions and parenting. And so it's been great to have had kind of unconventional route into counseling, but able to bring a lot of streams and practice in all of those areas. And I really have enjoyed that. Yeah. And I love that. I kind of got some life experience before I became a therapist too. And so I feel like there are two paths, you know, it's like you go straight through college and then get your degree and that's a great path. But then the other path is also sort of like you and I did, where we kind of got a little bit of life experience and then came into therapy. And I think it's just an interesting path that you get to see, you know, psychology at home in your everyday life. And then you now get to practice in the therapy room. Absolutely. <laughs> it is. I don't know how it would be as a marriage and family therapist if I didn't have children and wasn't married. And I know people do it really well and excellently. I also know that definitely gives a you a lens for looking at things when you have some life experience with it. Totally. Um, okay. So I am so excited about today and I know um, that you and I have talked about this topic before just in, you know, a number of other ways professionally, but I love the topic of electronics and screen time. And I really love the way that you're going to kind of chat about this today. So the, the name of the podcast is Kids These Days. So for the, the things you're going to talk about today, how would you finish that sentence and then fill us in on what we need to know today? So 
kids these days need to feel more important than their parents' devices. That would be <laughs> something that I have come to really feel strongly about in the last yeah. few years. And I think it, a few things started to dovetail together um, in the last few years along those lines. But when people started talking about smartphone addiction and device addiction, mm -hmm. and when the ICD, which is the International Code of Diagnostics, developed an actual billable code for insurances that you can mm. be treated for internet gaming disorder. It's like a thing. Yeah. I, I really perked up. So having worked in the addiction and addiction before, I thought, wow, people are really describing smartphones and devices um, and internet gaming as an addiction. And I know what that means in terms of like functionality and um, symptoms and all of that. Then obviously that has to affect how we interact with others if we are like truly by definition addicted to our devices yeah and others a lot of times are the people in our home and especially children we know children are especially vulnerable to the effects of their parents addictions <laughs> so all of these things kind of started coming together and i started doing a lot of reading and, and observing you know, oh gosh, <laughs> yeah, we are, a lot of us, so tied to our devices and tuned in to smartphones, and I am not anti-smartphone. They're really wonderful devices, but I also started seeing how, if we truly are addicted to them, how that affects how we interact with our kids and the messages they get about their kind of ranking on the totem pole in terms of our attention. Yeah, so I think you know, this is something that I know both personally and professionally, I have also spent a ton of time just thinking about my own behavior and talking with parents, obviously. But I think the word addiction makes people feel like, oh, well, I'm not an addict. So that you're not talking about me. So can you sort of like kind of debunk that myth of just because we're calling it addiction, I think people have this idea about what an addict is, you know, and they picture a drug addict who looks a certain way. So can you just kind of make that clearer how it relates to like phone addiction or device addiction? Right. So there's a great, there are a lot of things now um, that talk about this because I think, yeah, that is such a kind of abrasive word, right? You have a vision of what a substance abuse addiction looks like, but we don't talk a lot about what behavioral addictions are. And yeah. this is in that category, behavioral addiction. And obviously, you know, this is not all of us. This is not even probably the majority of us, but probably if we were, did a pretty thorough evaluation of our relationship with our devices and our behavior with them, we would fall a lot of us somewhere on the continuum of like slightly distracted and too tied to our devices or, you know, pretty extensively tied to our devices. So um, yeah, this is a behavioral addiction that is also for the most part, socially acceptable. So that mm -hmm. is also what makes it a little bit hard to, yeah, to kind of talk about in a way that doesn't seem really off-putting or negative about technology and all of that. And again, super great. I think what, why people are talking about it in the addiction world, behavioral addiction world as an addiction is because of what shows up in the brain scans of people who are excessively and chronically using and tied to their phone. So the 
the shots of dopamine, the way that the neuropathways respond, all of the ways that your brain kind of lights up in the circuitry that is parallel to other types of addictions, those same pathways light up, those dopamine pathways light up. When you get a text and you hear the buzz, all of these things go beep, 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 beep in your brain in the same way as when someone, you know, who is addicted to another kind of substance, you know, sees a bottle on the table or smells someone, you know, it's just this, whoop, your body goes, oh, I want that. I'm going to go get that right away. <laughs> and that's why we respond to our phones in such a compulsive manner a lot of times. I feel that way about Oreos. <laughs> Well, I obviously feel that way about cheesecake. So. Seriously. I mean, I, I have had that thought though, where I'm like, something is shifting in me. Like, and I've, I've read kind of books about how certain tastes, like they have certain taste profiles. I'm probably not even talking about this correctly, but I have that same feeling. Like if I eat an Oreo, it's almost like I can't have just one. I want 12. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I, I feel that kind of like that loop that you're kind of talking about. I feel like with my own device, I do feel like I have to carry it around with me everywhere I go. And I am perpetually checking the, I, I just push the home screen perpetually uh -huh. and not even, it's almost like a cross between an addiction and a habit. Right. Yep. And you know, if for anybody who kind of wants to read more about this and it with something that's so accessible and funny and very scientifically based, but a really easy read is a recent book called how to break up with your phone mm. and um, talks about this, that the designers of apps and social media and stuff, it's designed to be, we're novelty seeking by nature. We like new things. We like learning so the way that those things are designed are designed to kind of keep us in this loop. And so, you know, that's an interesting conversation about what's the difference between a habit and a compulsion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so maybe a conversation for a different day. I guess folks who would fall into the category of being addicted to their devices, you know, would would be suffering in other areas of their lives, including like the quality of their relationships with others. Yeah. So that's kind of where this could then dovetailed into seeing this with kids and their parents. And, you know, I'm as, <laughs> I'm as guilty as the next person of wanting to finish looking at something on Amazon and my kids wanting my attention and me being like, stop it. I'm almost, you know, but, but there's a, there's kind of a threshold that gets crossed when someone is chronically distracted by their phones to the extent that their relationships and their interactions with their kids are very diminished and their kids are constantly trying to get their parents' attention off their phone. And I think probably all either been guilty of this from time to time or definitely seen it at McDonald's, at the play place, at the park, at the pool, at the museum where the kid is supposedly entertained, but keeps coming back and trying to get the parents' attention. And unless the parents are specifically being somehow called into interaction with the kids, they're not interacting with the kids. They're interacting with their devices. Yeah. And I think, as I think about my own life, it's like not just one device. It's all of the devices in my house. You know, I have a laptop. I have a smartphone. We have TVs yeah. everywhere, you know. And so I've sometimes had to kind of stop myself and reflect on how much time have I spent in a screen versus how much time have I spent without a screen? And then how much time without a screen engaging with my kids. Right. You no. Know? And it's like, I don't really love the proportion when I come out at the end of that sometimes. 
Absolutely. I mean, this is something that it's because I've felt the need to really back away for those same reasons in my own life. So in some senses, this is uh, autobiographical in the sense that (laughs) realizing, huh, what do I want to pay attention to? I mean, at the end of the day or at the end of the week or at the end of my life, well, I have felt really glad that I paid five hours a day of attention to a device for the people that are actually in my space with me. Oh my gosh. I love that. I mean, I just got chills as you were like talking about that. Like, I love that question and I've never thought about framing it that way. Like, what do I want to pay attention to? Mm-hmm. So yeah. good. Yes. It's been, it is very challenging and it's a good question. So to keep coming back to that every day, what do I want to pay attention to today? Yeah. And I think you mentioned this on another podcast or um, recently, but even paying attention to the the common things, right? Taking a video of the bird, yeah. the owl or whatever, right? So what do we want to pay attention to? And can we pay attention to those things if our eyes are glued to our devices? Yeah, totally no. Totally no. no. Totally. <laughs> yeah, so okay. So what other, what other tips do you share with, with parents? Because I love this discussion because we talk a lot about limiting screen time for our kids. Like you're saying, I don't think we talk as much about limiting our own screen time. And so what other strategies do you help and share with parents? Yeah, I think we don't talk about it because it's so (laughs) self-indicting. We don't like to talk about things that feel bad. (laughs) Yeah. So that's one thing. I think to me, knowledge is power. And I know that I am personally more empowered to make changes with my habits if I understand the consequences. Mm. So I think, you know, similar to someone who'd say, well, you know what? Okay. I hear what you're saying about, you know, being addicted and the dopamine rush and the feedback loop and all of that, but I'm okay with that for me. Like, I don't mind. I want to pay attention. I love my shows. I want it. Okay. That's fine for parents who have little, who have kids, but especially little ones, really all age. I usually say, well, that's absolutely fine, but kind of similar to, I think, you know, decades ago where we just didn't understand the results, the damage caused by secondhand smoke, for example, Mm. people were helped by going, okay, you know what? I enjoy it. This is something that I like, you know, it's a part of my life. It's a habit. It's something that I want to keep doing, but I get it that I'm hurting my kids' lungs. And so I will, I'm going to smoke outside. I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm aware, like knowledge is power. I'm aware that what I'm doing is not just impacting me. It's impacting the people around me. Okay. That's helpful. It's helpful knowledge. So I think with parents, um, who are honest enough to (laughs) say, yeah, I, I'm, you know, I tracked my hours and I was on my screen for eight hours yesterday. And I have kids at home and they were wanting my attention. I'll say, you know, thank you for being so honest (laughs) about how tied you are to, you you know, YouTube or social media stuff or shows or whatever. And it also might be helpful for you to know that research, emerging research and data shows that when we are so distracted by our phones, we have way fewer interactions with our children. Our interactions with them are harsher Mm. and we don't read their nonverbal cues 
well. We don't understand the context of situations. So if, you know, two kids are fighting and, you know, finally it's escalated to the point where you feel like you can't stand it anymore and you need to step in, your read of the situation or the context is going to be less accurate. And these are all research things. So less accurate than someone who's been, you know, fairly attentive to the situation all along. And so there are many, many ways that that <laughs> impacts children, but among those like modeling quality of interactions, how they end up reading the nonverbal cues of other people, their responses to people, their sense of having harsh interaction, you know, all of these things, um, which again, may be a topic for a different day, but I think it's helpful for me, <laughs> again, autobiographical, it's helpful for me to understand what I'm doing to my kids when I choose to pay attention to my phone at a rate that's way higher than I'm choosing to pay attention to them. Yeah. And even those three things that you just mentioned, you know, that I'm not paying attention or I'm distracted from their coming up to me and saying, mommy, I want this or mommy, this, or mommy, can you see this? Or mommy, look, mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not picking up on them. If I'm just sending a quick text or sending a quick email. And then if they keep coming, I'm eventually going to be like, okay, just stop, you know, harsher reaction, what you're saying, right? Yep. Then if I weren't on my phone, I would be able to just be like, okay, mommy will give me just one minute. I've got to finish this and then I can do that. And then even I've been guilty of all three of those things <laughs> where they have been arguing and then I just come in and I'm like, just quit it. Everybody's just, <laughs> so I think, you know, I love when research actually like hits into my living room, mm -hmm. you know, makes it so real. And I love that idea of like knowledge is power that, yeah, the more I can realize how this is impacting my relationship, both short term and long term, that's what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Short term, long term, not just the relationship, but uh, depending on the age of the child, zero to four year olds, you're actually those three things will actually impact their brain architecture and how um, their brains are formed and how they develop their own neural pathways because they need so much of the back and forth to develop yeah. the way they need to develop. So yes, depending on the age of the child, it definitely impacts the relationship, but it actually can impact the formation of pretty critical part of what makes us who we are. And yeah, I think we also tend to really underestimate and underreport our own. We just don't get it. So yeah. one of the really fascinating studies that I read recently talked about, you know, observations of parents at a park with their kids. And when asked, all the participants would say like, oh, I was never on my phone more than like a few seconds, right? If I responded to a text, I, but they were all on the clock, you know, the researchers yeah. <laughs> timing them. And the average ratio was that for the person who said they were on the phone for a few seconds, the average was three minutes. So every time they picked up their phone and people pick up their phone, like dozens, dozens and dozens of time a day, every time they did that, their sense of how long they were distracted was way, way less than the actual time on the clock. And actually there was like also kids getting hurt and, you know, so ten, kids tend to get hurt more because the parents are just not watching when they're really underestimating how much time they're tied in, paying attention to their phones. Yeah. And um, again, I'm guilty of that. And I, I know I totally underestimate how long it takes for those sorts of things. And so I am thinking of even just as you're talking, like 
I think we all hear the idea of finding sacred time to have screen-free time for all of you. Maybe put your phone and time out with your kids' devices. But I really like the idea of certain times where like, like going to the park, like leave my phone in the car or put it on airplane mode or something like mm-hmm. additional kind of um, strategies for those specific times where I want to be paying attention to my kids and my family and nature or whatever, not to my device. Right. Absolutely. If you could have sort of one last thing that you kind of share as maybe a take home message or just one thing that we kind of didn't touch on as much as you would like to have touched on, what do you think? Good question. Um, I think I'm just very aware that this whole conversation can elicit a lot of, well, it can elicit a lot of emotions because whenever we think about how we're parenting, a lot of us, our first feeling is like, oh, guilt or shame, or I'm not doing it well enough. Or, you know, <laughs> and that's the opposite really of what I want to communicate even today. I think that we're at a position where we've kind of finally realized how powerfully alluring our devices are designed to be. And so that is in itself helpful. <laughs> you know, yes. only been, they came out in 2007. So it's been like 13 years. And I think we're kind of all finally, because there's been enough research now and acknowledgement that they're addictive by nature, by design. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're all going, oh, okay. Okay. We get that. And now recognizing, oh, well, that probably impacts me and how I'm dealing with others. And so we can kind of modulate and set up some good routines and rhythms where our technology serves us and accomplishes all of our purposes and does all the wonderful, helpful things that it does for us. And we text and stay connected. And I mean, all those, those things are great, but also say, Hey, I'm really in a position where I can model like good, basically phone education. Like we give kids driver's licenses after they've had all of this like driver's ed, like it's a powerful tool <laughs> and yeah. we spend so much time um, and effort and driving hours and stuff before we give our kids a license. Like, Hey, driver's ed, this powerful tool, you need to learn how to use your car and et cetera. And I feel like it's similar with like a phone, like phone ed is <laughs> yeah. a powerful tool. And we, um, it models, you know, for our kids, how to use it well, how to use it effectively, how to use it responsibly in a way that's not dangerous to us or others and helps us to pay attention to the things that we really want to pay attention to in life. So I think that is the main the kind of final word on that is I hope that this is like inspiring yeah. and sets like a vision and doesn't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm such a horrible, you know, addicted parent. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I totally love that. And I think it's so true that, you know, even I have kind of found some ways that I can just kind of pause within myself and ask myself multiple times a day over and over, like, what do I want to pay attention to right now? Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I agree. And I love that you shared this at the end that it is easy to fall into mom guilt or dad guilt, or I'm not enough, or I'm never going to be able to be enough or whatever. But I think it's great to, um, yeah, just kind of reframe those things for for everyone. Mm-hmm. So as um, I am just so excited that you came and shared all of your thoughts today. And um, my website for anybody who um, is just new to this is MakeWordsMatterForGood.com and MWM, Make Words Matter, MWM with kids on Facebook. Would love for you to follow or find our blog or anything like that. And Johanna, thank you for 
taking time today and being with us. And we're going to have to find another way to expand on another episode about all those things. Cause I think this is something that we just can't ignore and continuing to have more knowledge about this just is going to be good for all of us. Yes. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Beth. Thanks for Appreciate having me. you. Okay. We're going right. to um, see everybody again next time. All right. Bye. Friends. Bye.